Support for human nature comes from our listeners. To celebrate our fifth season, we have a brand new t-shirt as a thank you for your support. It has a drawing of a hiker and a moose cohabitating inside headphones. There's a picture and a place to donate at humannaturepodcast.org. This episode has adult themes, so if you're listening with kids, maybe save this one for later. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Aaron Jones. I see this VHS cassette tape. It looked brand new, which is super weird because nothing survives out there. This time, we'll hear about two friends who go winter camping and make a discovery that turns their misadventure into a mystery. Caroline Ballard did this interview, so you'll hear her giggles and horror movie references. Jeff Osgood met Anthony when they were both grad students. After grad school in New York State, Jeff moved to Florida, but they wanted to stay in touch. So we decided that we're going to try and and go on some outdoor adventure together every year. The first year I was gone, we decided I'd fly back in January, and we would go backpack through the Adirondack Wilderness, the the High Peaks Wilderness, the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York for three days. And this wasn't the first trip that I went on with with my friend. And I I think in order to understand the rest of the story and some of his choices and how he prepared for this, you have to, I think, hear about some of the choices he made on our previous backpacking trips. On the previous one we had gone on, it was with myself, my wife, and it was with my friend, and it was with his girlfriend. And it was in the early spring, so it was still pretty cold. And we were in the Adirondacks at that point, going through, and we hiked for a long way, and we were setting up our first night, and that's when I realized that my buddy only packed one sleeping bag for both him and his girlfriend. And for himself, he had only packed one of those reflective mylar survival blankets. So... (laughs) Yeah, uh, he thought that that would be enough. It certainly wasn't, and he ended up, he and his girlfriend, like, opening up the sleeping bag and somehow push up against each other enough that they were more or less in the sleeping bag. But it was okay because, you know, it was spring, so it was probably in the 40s, but their little situation was enough to get them through the night without any real, you know, danger, I guess. When we decided to go on this next trip, I wanted to be a little more careful to make sure he was more prepared. So among other things, when I flew up, I brought like an extra pair of boots. I brought like my old winter hiking boots because I didn't know what he had for boots. And like, I didn't know what kind of stuff he had. But he told me, he's like, no, like he said, I got everything I need. You know, I'm totally fine. And I made him show me. And right off the bat, I could see he didn't have winter hiking boots. He had just like regular hiking boots. And I don't think they were waterproof. I was like, you know, you're going to be really cold. You know, do you want to borrow my old boots? But he wouldn't. So I insisted that he at least go out and get waterproof boots. So we went out to one of the big box outdoor stores, and he wouldn't spring for insulated winter hiking boots, despite my very strong suggestion that he should. Uh, Instead, he got just these like other kind of like work boots, and he got a can of that silicon spray that you use to waterproof boots. And he pretty much just over the course of the night 
sprayed the whole can. He basically was making rubber boots, I guess, at that point. And he decided he was just going to wear a bunch of socks. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't really like that, but we'll hope that that's okay. With things already starting off on the wrong foot, Jeff and Anthony drove up to the beautiful, snowy Adirondack Mountains the following day. The High Peaks Wilderness is huge, containing 300 square miles of continuous forest. And it's quiet in winter, with only a few people braving the cold to go camping. Jeff and Anthony arrived at a nearly empty parking lot and set off with a goal of bagging a couple of the high peaks over the next few days. Like many hikers, they planned their trip along the lean-tos that dot the wilderness. We ran into problems pretty quickly, though. Uh, as we started going up the steeper trails, um, my buddy was falling behind. I had to kind of like wait a lot for him to, to catch up. And one of the challenges was there was really deep snow. It got to the point where when we were going kind of up in the higher elevations, uh, the snow was pretty deep. Uh, and I had brought my snowshoes, and I was using my snowshoes. And even with those, you know, I'm sinking in, you know, maybe half a foot each time that I take a step. But I'm, I'm making it up with my snowshoes. Needless to say, my buddy didn't have snowshoes, so he was falling in my, my footprints, but he was sinking pretty much all the way down every time. And he didn't own, at the time, actual like Gore-Tex waterproof or anything like that. So he had just picked up some Frog Togs. Frog Togs is an inexpensive brand of rain gear. And they pretty much ripped almost immediately as soon as he started going up there. So he's getting all soaked and trudging through this really deep snow. So by the time we get to the end of our first day, we're not anywhere near where we wanted to end. We actually had to camp at a much closer lean-to. Like, we didn't get as far as we wanted. And that night was really cold. If you're used to backpacking in the wintertime, what you'll know is that it's just managed discomfort. You're not actually ever really comfortable until you're in your sleeping bag. Other than that, you're just really cold the whole time when you're sitting at your camp. And the cold kind of feels like sometimes it emanates even from within you. We just knew that we were going to have to change our plans the next day. So we're setting up our camp during the first lean-to, and this is where I learn about some other poor preparation. <laughs> I, like, get my sleeping mat out and all that kind of stuff, set everything out. And I look over, and my buddy has this new sleeping mat that he hasn't, he's never used before. He hasn't even unrolled it. He, like, just took it out of the box. And it looks pretty small, but it's inflatable. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it'll get larger when it inflates. And I asked him, oh, where'd you get that sleeping mat? He's like, oh, you know, I, I told my mom for Christmas that I wanted a new sleeping pad for backpacking, and she sent me this one. I'm like, okay. You know, I was a little cautious, because again, I, if, if you know anything about backpacking in the wintertime, you got, you're really supposed to use like two sleeping pads on top of each other, so you have good insulation from the ground. So he opened his sleeping pad up, and it was comically small. Uh, it, was, it was probably a sleeping pad made for a small child. He had to pretty much curl up into the fetal position in order to get his whole body on the sleeping pad. <laughs> so <laughs> I brought this really lightweight tarp. We were able to tie it off in front of the lean-to, so we closed it off, and so it was okay. You know, he made it through the night. But the next day, we were like, no more of this like, high-peak wilderness stuff. I think we kind of got away with one that first day with you know, him not having warm boots and his not really having waterproof clothing and having a sleeping pad that's probably made for a toddler. So I'm like, all right, we're going to head down into lower elevations. So I looked in the map, and there are uh, there were a couple of waterfalls uh, that we could hit if we changed direction on the trail. And the waterfalls, I know, in that area are really beautiful in the wintertime. Because it's so cold, they freeze over. So there's still water running underneath the ice, but looking at it on the surface, it looks like the waterfall is frozen. So it's always really beautiful to see those. 
So we hike down. This is the second day. We're hiking down there. And when we get to the part of the trail where we need to cut off and go to see the waterfall, it's very steep. So there's no actual trail down to the waterfall. So we have to, we have to bushwhack, and it's just this kind of ravine, right? It's really deep. It goes for a long way. And we're carrying these really heavy packs. But fortunately, really close to where we had to cut off from the trail was another one of these Adirondack lean-tos. Jeff and Anthony decided to drop off their equipment at the lean-to. Jeff got there first, so he sat down to rest while he waited for Anthony to catch up. As I look up these into the rafters of the lean-to, I see this VHS cassette tape. It looked brand new, which is super weird because nothing survives out there. Right? Like the only other thing in the lean-to is this notebook that they ask you to like write comments about your stay and like sign your name and stuff like that. And they put that in a double Ziploc bag, and even that is you know, is like pulverized, right? It's like all around the edges, it's it's destroyed, and that's in a double Ziploc bag, and it's kind of meant to be out here. But this VHS, I mean, I don't know that much about VHS, I suppose, but they don't really seem like they're all that resilient. I wouldn't expect them to survive deep in the wilderness. But there it is, and it's, it doesn't have any markings on it. It just looks like, you know, the kind that back when I was a kid in the 90s, we would get and, you know, like to record over a TV show or something by popping in our VCR and pressing record. It's just one of those cheap VHS cassettes. Jeff pondered what a VHS tape was doing in the Adirondacks in 2017. Then Anthony finally got to the lean-to. So, you know, we looked at it and we're like, all right, well, we, you know, we, we should take this back with us. We should figure out what's on this VHS because we haven't seen anybody else. We've been out here. This is our second day we've been out here. We're in a really, really remote part of the Adirondack wilderness in the wintertime, in the mountains. Who could have left this out here? So we leave our stuff. We head out back down to the trail. We cut off. We bushwhack down the deep ravine, pushing. We're sliding and falling, and it's kind of a mess. But eventually we get down to the ravine. And we get to where the kind of the stream is, and we follow that up until we get to the waterfall, and it's gorgeous. And we decide we want to, you know, check it out from the different sides. Maybe try to climb up the dirt, you know, the rock along the side of it, so we can get up to the top. So everybody and I go in different directions, uh, and I kind of know growing, from growing up in New Hampshire, and you know, occasionally we go ice fishing or we go out snowmobiling and stuff. I know how to kind of check the ice as I'm walking across. So I have my poles, and I'm like banging really hard on the ice out in front of me before I, I keep going and make sure that it's not too soft. So I'm making my way, you know, across this, you know, small river, and my my buddy is too, but he's going in at a different, you know, different angle, so we're kind of separated from each other. He's much closer to the waterfall than I am, and I hear him kind of yell a little bit, and I look over, and the piece of ice that he was standing on, which is probably about the size of maybe a king-size bed, has just broken off from the rest of the ice shelf, and is he's just sinking. <laughs> it's just slowly sinking into the river. Uh, so, like, oh, come on, like, you know. So I make my way over as quickly as possible, and his big concern, so as I'm on my way over, he's like, don't pull me out yet, like, you have to take a picture of this. So I was like, okay, yeah, and I get my phone out, and I snap a couple of pictures of him, like, sinking down into freezing water. I'm like, okay, and I go over, I'm able to, like, reach out with my poles and kind of pull it in a little bit and pull him out before, you know, he sinks into the water with it. So eventually we do that, we kind of slowly 
and very carefully kind of climb our way up the hills next to the waterfall and uh, explore the area. By the time we end up climbing back up to lean to to pick up our bags, we had actually forgotten all about the cassette tape. So uh, we got our bags we, and we started walking down the trail. Coming up, Jeff and Anthony's adventure takes a strange turn. Hey listeners, the Human Nature Team really appreciates your ongoing support. To show our gratitude, we have a brand new t-shirt as a thank you when you donate. The shirt has a drawing of a hiker and a moose cohabitating inside a pair of headphones, which we like to call Moose Surprise. You'll find a picture and a place to donate at humannaturepodcast.org. Jeff and Anthony's hike through the Adirondack wilderness was quickly becoming more mysterious. And one of the weird things we kind of saw on the trail as we were walking along is all these um, blood drops, these kind of like red little patches of blood along the trail. And occasionally we would see these little chunks of meat, you know, kind of in the, in the little patches of blood. And the, the patches are probably all about the size of maybe like a hockey puck, so they're not that big. We're like, okay, that's kind of cool. We took some pictures of that, and we kind of kept going, but it didn't really freak us out at the time. So we kept walking along, and we walked for a few more hours, and it's starting to get close to dark. We get to the next lean-to. I hike up the trail to the lean-to. I'm exhausted. I drop my bag. I like sit down inside the lean-to. I lean back, and I look up at the shelf, and there, sitting right on the shelf, is an identical black, unmarked VHS cassette tape. Now we're a little freaked out because right? <laughs> uh, I mean, we weren't looking, but we didn't happen to notice any other footprints or anything like that. And we hadn't seen any other people. This is our, you know, the end of our second day. So now we're determined that we're taking this back. And we're also, of course, a little, I don't know, I say a little freaked out about what we think the deal is with this tape. We're wondering, you know, is this somehow the same tape, right? Is, was there somebody that has been following us and, and somehow knew that we were going to come to this to lean to? And, and while we were down at the waterfall, like grabbed it and, and ran it up to this one and left it? Or did someone like come out here and leave a bunch of these? That's literally the plot of The Ring is finding a VHS <laughs> tape in the woods and watching it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, think you're I right know. to be a little uh, a little wary. <laughs> of course, being the total, I don't know, numbskulls that we were, we're like, all right, well, you know what? If there's a serial killer out here who's leaving VHS cassette tapes in some kind of bizarre murder plot, where are we going to go? I mean, we're in the middle of, we're like, we're, we can't, it's dark at this point. We're not, like, there's nowhere we can go. So we like just start talking very loudly about the cassette tape and speculating about the person in ways that if someone in the woods were listening to us, they would be annoyed with us or offended. We were like, oh, man, I mean, like, what kind of an idiot still use VHS cassette tape? We were saying stuff that, if, you know, if this guy's going to murder us, at least we can kind of insult him a little bit beforehand and take some of the joy out of it for him. I don't know. So that night, it was actually especially cold. It got probably down to around zero degrees. So when it's that cold, even when you get out and you're trying to go to the bathroom, you're like shaking terribly. You have to get back in your sleeping bag and the wind just kind of bites into you. It feels like you're going to get frostbite really quickly. So one of the things that we do to try and kind of warm ourselves up is, as we're all bundled in the lean-to, we had packed these pipes and pipe tobacco, 
and we were just kind of like smoking this pipe tobacco because the pipes get really warm in your hands, so it kind of helps to warm up your hands, and, you know, it just kind of felt cool, I guess, I don't know. So we were sitting in there, you know, just kind of speculating about how this is probably our last night on Earth, right? Some lunatic is going to come out of the woods, you know, and, and kill us and probably record it on another VHS and lead a first sex victim or something. But eventually we fall asleep and wake up the next morning still alive. So we hike out. Again, we're hiking pretty much all day. Eventually, we, you know, we make our way out. And, you know, he calls his girlfriend. I call my wife on our drive back. And we explain what happened. And they are super, like, we were kind of freaked out. They are really freaked out. You know, my wife was like, why did you even stay out there? Like, why didn't you just immediately just keep hiking out of the woods? My buddy's girlfriend doesn't want him to bring the tape back to their apartment. She's convinced that there might be like a GPS locator, it's like tracking device or something in the cassette tape. And the person who left it out there is going to find them and, and come to their place. In spite of Anthony's girlfriend's objections, they brought the tape back with them to Anthony's place in Albany. Our imaginations really go crazy. We're, we're thinking of everything. and We're online on YouTube watching found footage documentaries, which half of them I'm sure are completely fake. But, you know, just freaking ourselves out. And, of course, wondering how we're even going to figure out what's on this cassette tape, because this was 2017, right? I don't even think that they make VCRs anymore. And my buddy's girlfriend so freaked out that that night she, like, barricaded the door to the apartment and slept with some kind of tool, like a, I think it was like a wrench or like a hammer or something in her bed with her, uh, which actually freaked me out. So I was like, all right, don't, you know, if I get up and go to the bathroom at night, don't think I'm the killer. Uh, and, you know, come out and hit me. So the next morning we're calling around trying to figure out where we're going to, how we're going to watch this tape because we have to know what's on it. And the good news is, so in my friend's lab, because he was still a PhD student at the university, the classroom across from their lab has a VCR in it. So we head in to the university, and if there's anything on the tape at all, I'm going to be excited, right? I don't even care what it is at this point. So we go into this classroom, and we pop it in, and we look up in the projector, and at first there's nothing, but then after about a couple seconds, we see kind of those like horizontal, wavy, gray lines that you would get if you had taped over something. And then after that, we get footage. And I'm stoked. I'm like, all right, you know, it's not, it, it isn't blank. Whatever it is, I don't care. Like, I'm just so excited we found anything. And uh, it's this like scene from the 1970s. It's like a suburban street with some cars driving by and some kind of some funky music playing in the background. And showing these credits. So it's like, okay, somebody taped over a movie from the 70s. So it's saying, like, starring this person, produced by this person, those kinds of things. And then it says, and I can't remember the name of it, but it says, you know, so-and-so presents. And then it starts spelling out the title. And, and it spells it out one letter at a time. So it's like, presents D-E-E-P, throat. And we're like, oh, my God. Like this is, this is like, this is like 1970s mega porno <laughs> deep throat. Uh, so obviously we stopped playing it, right? I mean, we're in a classroom in a, at, a, at a university, right? We can't be watching like vintage adult film uh, in the middle, during the middle of the day in this classroom, <laughs> like when someone walks in. Uh, so we're like, oh my gosh, so we stop it. And that only deepens our the mystery, I think, 
right? Because if it had been a crime or if it had been a confession or something, right, that almost would have made sense. But this makes no sense to me. Somebody stashed just some old adult movie that they clearly recorded, I guess, when it was on TV or something, and must have done recently because the cassette looks so new. So, of course, I call my wife. I'm like, yeah, you're never going to lose on this. Children. And both my wife and my buddy's girlfriend are like, how do you know that's the only thing on the tape? And we're like, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Well, we obviously can't keep watching it in this classroom. So my buddy and I, we go to the library in the university. In the basement library, they have these little two-in-one devices where it's like one of those, it's like a little TV with a little VCR player built into it. So we find one that's way in the back and like facing the wall. <laughs> and we just put the headphones on and put it in and just put it on like the fastest fast forward, like 32 times speed or something like that until it runs all the way through. And, uh, and that's all it is, though, but it's just, like, porn. Our storyteller was Jeff Osgood. What was on the other VHS tape, the one they left in the first lean-to, remains a mystery. And we have no idea. You know, we got back and we searched all the, like, the online message boards and stuff like that for the Adirondacks. And there was nothing on there. We really have no idea why someone would leave vintage pornography deep in the middle of the wilderness in the wintertime. I'm Erin Jones. Thank you for listening to Human Nature. If you'd like to help us tell more stories, donate at humannaturepodcast.org. This interview was conducted by Caroline Ballard. The episode was produced by Greg Ronco with help from Micah Schweitzer. It was edited by me, Megan Fury, and Anna Rader. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human.